what's up we got the full house tonight i'm here with the legit batters good to see you all and i'm really excited because we i've talked to joe and jen i think twice or three times maybe so far and it's good to see everyone again i got to meet uh ben and Lene for the first time so the four of you are all first-time guests on the local listens podcast though so we have to get to it our ritual first question really excited to get to learn more about you guys so when did you start to speak your truth Lene, do you want to go first Oh, gosh, I was going to let Jen go first because I'm not even sure how to answer that question. Go for it, Lene. You can do it. Yeah, I'm the resident fly on the wall. I don't usually talk a whole bunch. Um, speaking my truth, I don't know, uh, a long time, I guess. I've always been kind of quirky and just done my thing, believe certain things. I guess just kind of been innately in a certain kind of groove. Just recently, it's been more of a open world kind of thing, finding people that I guess kind of are more on my wavelength, believe things I do and all of that kind of stuff. So I like the open world video game references that we're getting to like right away. So <laughs> amen to that. What about you, Jen? Um, when I was very little, I was always different and weird. I was the black sheep of the family. I still am. According to my family, I probably why I live 3000 miles away from my family and they all still live really close to each other. <laughs> um, so I love them, though. But I was always the weirdo in high school, always the weirdo as a teenager, even as a kid. And then um, my family had berated me so much about it that I actually lost all of my truth, you could say, in a way. And I turned into this frumpy weirdo when I had my daughter. So right after I gave birth, I turned 30. I got a desk job. My kiddo was about four and I was the biggest fucking loser. Sorry, are we allowed to swear on here? <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, cool. Um, so to me, now that I look back, I'm like, man, I try not to judge myself too bad, but I wanted to do things like take family pictures and buy a house and have a good job. And those things became very important to me. And then I broke out of it maybe six years, five, six years after that, maybe 34, 35 years old. I was like, what am I doing with my life? And then I started looking into all the things I looked into again. So now I've been, I don't know, eight years into remembering the person that I was who always, you know, spoke my truth. Right on, right on. Ben, what do you think? When did you start to speak your truth? Well, um, probably going on almost exactly two years ago. So it was as a result of this podcast um we've had fans and other podcasters say that they they could watch in real time through podcasting my mind kind of split open um multiple times and uh i there was a incident I've, I've mentioned this before on another show of um i didn't believe in any of this stuff i had such a different entire worldview of uh history um religion uh even you know what a lot of us would call conspiracy theories whether it be political global whatever you want to call it my mind was so completely different and uh but what was trippy was that the way that i think hasn't changed meaning my approach to things and the way that i uh, perceive things really hasn't changed but what i'm perceiving the actual stuff in front of me is just 
completely different now. I attack problems the same way and I attack uh, information the same way, but now I'm, I'm completely looking at it from like a different angle and it's, uh, it's been different, uh, but it's also been hard, terrifying, amazing, beautiful, uh, kind of that stuck in the middle of, uh, finding things out that you really don't want to find out, but it is liberating at the same time because it gives you a, a, a much, uh, stronger, stand uh to be able to question things and know that you're probably on the right track by doing that well said man yeah and i was just listening to one of your episodes uh earlier today and you had described yourself as the resident normie so it's kind of cool that you yeah. uh, have seen yourself develop over these last couple of years and uh it's pretty awesome man it's a lot of self-reflection for, for all of us yeah joe always points out he's like oh my god look at ben getting red pilled whenever i go off <laughs> on like a new tangent that slits my nose it's it's been an interesting uh, interesting journey. I love it. Joe, what would you say? Uh, what do you exactly mean by when I started speaking my truth? Cause I, I feel like I've always just kind of said whatever I wanted anyway, just, but not in the public sphere. So as far as public sphere goes, uh, yeah, when we started the show, but I, I've always just kind of said whatever, I mean, it, it to the point, to a fault probably, cause a lot of people get off put by my openness with my farts and stuff. So <laughs> I, I never really cared though. So I, I was like, well, I don't like me then. I didn't, it doesn't matter to me. There's plenty of other people I can be friends with. So yeah, well, I guess that's you're the first person to ask me like, you know, to clarify. So I appreciate that, but you answered it perfectly. And, uh, you know, just a follow-up question, just to d double check, I'm talking to the right Joe. Um, is that soundboard fired up and ready to go? Like, are we like good to go there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Do you have any All requests? Right. Oh, do I have a request? All right. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you have any new additions to your soundboard that maybe uh, we could feature here? I I do. I just was messing around with the uh, AI voice cloning stuff, and nice. I, I made Joe Rogan say this. Hey, buddy, I'm here to eat elk and listen to Legit Bat Podcast, and I'm all out of elk. Oh, God. Uh, I, also, I also did Trump, and Trump is a little less uh, spot on than Rogan's, but it's still pretty funny. This is Donald Trump, the 45th president of the greatest country in the world. And if you don't listen to legit bat podcast, then fuck you. <laughs> it's pretty fun to play around with that shit. It's amazing. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad I asked. And, uh, you know, in a similar vein, I want to ask you all a, a different question, but in a similar vein. Um, so let's go backwards. Joe, tell me about something that made you laugh recently, because the world is getting kind of dark. And that's why I want to ask this question is like, all right. When COVID shut everything down and stand-up comedy was all of a sudden like a big deal because you couldn't go in certain places. You had to like fly all the way to Texas to do things like that. Or, you know, people just want to laugh. And that's why I really love Legit Bat. And I've been listening since 2020. Of course, like what are the odds, right? So think about it. When What has made you laugh recently? Was it today or was it yesterday? What's the first thing that comes to mind for you? That is a very difficult question because literally everything makes me laugh and I will find <laughs> humor in everything. So every day I'm laughing about something new. All you got to do is turn on the TV or walk down the street and you'll find something to laugh at. Trust me or get pissed. But I, I usually choose to laugh at it instead. So uh, specifically, though, I don't know what's what's something that we've laughed our ass off about recently. So when it dumped snow. Sorry, I, don't, I know we're I don't know how what order. Oh, don't worry about the order. Yeah, I'm just trying to okay. give everyone a good chance to talk. So 
yesterday it snowed crazy and or two days ago and our dog has never seen snow ever and I recorded her seeing snow for the first time and she was so so afraid of it so the snow kept sliding off the roof and she would look like holy shit what is that oh my god and she was terrified she hid under me for five to ten minutes shivering I have videos of my poor dog shivering at snow just sliding off the roof and I'm like hey come on let's let's go play in it and I threw her snowballs and she kept catching them in her mouth and then being shocked by it and letting it go. And we were just dying laughing, but having fun with her. And she had a good time too, but we laugh at literally everything all the time. So the dog is easy and a hard question at the same time. The dog's easy to laugh at. She's a ding dong. So everything she does is just like, wow, that's, that's amazing. It's nice. a good dog. I love that. I love that. That must've been shocking to her. Yeah. Like the apocalypse almost, but then she had fun with it too. It's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ben and Lene, what do you guys think? What has made you like genuinely laugh, like a good belly laugh recently? What has like hit you pretty hard lately? <laughs> this right now. Uh, <laughs> I would say, uh, honestly, the first thing that popped in my head was last night. So we got back from the symphony and uh, <laughs> we had all gone. To, <laughs> we had all gone to the bathroom and uh, Liam, our son, walks into the bathroom where I was just walking out of. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll wait in there for him. It was pretty busy intermission and all that. And uh, bathrooms are full. There's three stalls. You got two of the taller ones and then one of the shorter ones. See, <laughs> and um, I go, he tries to go up to the big stall when all three of them open up. And I'm like, no, 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 buddy, go to the smaller one. That way you're not like missing or on your tippy toes trying to pee into a urinal. And so he's like, okay. So he stands there. All of a sudden, this like six foot four go guy comes on his right side. And another like six foot one guy comes and stands on his left side. And I see him close his eyes like this face to the urinal. About two seconds later, he zips up his pants, starts walking over to the sink. And I go, did, did you go? And he goes, no, I did not. And I go, okay, uh, do you want to wait for the stall so you can go in there? And he goes, nope, I don't have to go. And I went, okay. So he got massive stage fright. So last night I was relaying this to her. And what got me laughing was the fact that when I was telling her the story, she guffawed so, so loud after Liam had gone to bed. I'm telling her the story and she's like, ha, ha, ha. and I was like, oh, oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if Liam is ever listening to this one day, it's like, buddy, I've been there. I've been there before. And <laughs> I think we've all been there. That's, that is pretty funny. Wow. Well, especially oh, cool. when you're at the age when you would drop trowel all the way down all to your ears when you took a leak. You know? It's like so, butters from uh, South Park. It's like lift up yeah. yes. shirt a little bit. Yeah, yeah yes. no problem doing that at their house, right at the fence, just ass out. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly remember doing that as a kid. And now yeah. and I remember the moment when I thought, maybe that's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, the people in here. That's <laughs> strange that I've been doing this for six years now. I probably should. You know what's absolutely fucked up about that, Joe? is that as soon as you realize you don't have to bury your ass in public to piss into a urinal, the second that you see another kid doing it, you're like, look at this fucking piece of shit. Like, <laughs> you can be like six or seven years old and finally just, you know, barely unzipping to poke it out and pee. And the second you see another kid that maybe the day before you were dropping trowel, now that you're not, oh, that kid's a fucking retard because look at him bearing his ass i don't do that shit anymore it's fucked up well yeah and the cool thing is that i don't even have to use the whole zipper i just zip it down no. a tiny bit and then it, i yeah. keep my belt buckled i mean i'm surprised i can get it out far enough to clear the pants 
Especially you gotta lean. You gotta lean like, in a little bit. Yeah, you gotta pull the jeans back. Otherwise, it's out farther than your yes. dinger. You don't want to pull a uh, Macaulay Culkin from uh, Home Alone, you know? You yeah. guys know the scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. That was a a major yellow pill. I think is that is that what we're gonna call it now? Like, oh, <laughs> I love it. Everybody's getting yellow pilled. Yeah. <laughs> well. All right. So I don't know. It may have been Joe or Ben. I can't I can't really tell who's behind this telegram moniker, but someone mentioned um, you started playing Assassin's Creed. And like, I know, like Joe and Jen, you guys met through video games in some special way. And uh, Lene, since you mentioned open world, I'm like, oh, she she's probably in on it, too. You know, but like, mm. I want to ask you. Guys. No, <laughs> not as much. Well, uh, yeah, someone no. mentioned. Um, I'm a granny. A... Oh, OK. OK. Well, someone had mentioned assassin's creed and that kind of like triggered me in a way because it's one of my favorite series and on the surface the superficial level is like all right there's some cool parkour you can run around and historical landscapes and uh well you have like almost superpowers you can climb up buildings and shit like that but that's on the surface below the surface the entire game is about this ancient alien race that leaves behind these treasures and you can be kind of be like indiana jones or laura croft from tomb raider and go and find them and figure out the secrets of this lost civilization and i was just talking to someone recently about graham graham hancock and how yep. he always says we are a species with amnesia and just to yeah. throw that out there what you guys would pick up on it and maybe to connect uh, a more recent event did you guys see in japan they found that weird sphere that just washed up on the shore and i that- didn't at the same time I should definitely pull this up. So there's a, a weird Japanese um, ball that's just appeared out of nowhere um, on the beach. And if you look at it, I mean, it kind of looks like an egg to me or like some kind of. Are you about like, to screen share it? I'm about to uh, screen okay. share in a second because there were a couple things that were happening right around the same time. So obviously we have the Chinese space balloon, which brought right. uh, UFO UAP conversation up for a lot of people. But. The other thing was that on the same week, I believe, maybe it was even the same day, there was another article released about Japan discovering a bunch of new islands, like about 7,000 islands. In, in Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. So here's this uh, Japan's mystery ball removed from the beach. And it was, uh, you know, just washed up out of, out of nowhere. See, they even mentioned the spy balloon in some of these videos. And it's just this big sphere. It looks fucking crazy. And then at the same time, if you look at Japanese islands, they just discovered new islands. And there's about 7,000 of them, they say. Or Japan just discovered 7,000 new islands. And that was five days ago. And you kind of think like, well, all right, how do they not just see 7,000 islands off their coastline somewhere, right. you know? How is that even possible? Fucking islands, like like a, a decent sized island, or is this just little like spits of land that have a tree on it or something? I don't know that too. Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, if there's seven thousand of them, I feel like some of them might be like considerable size. But yeah, they could just be like a little like fart of land, you know. But like, yeah. But yeah, I know that's a lot. Species with amnesia comes up for me a lot though, because if we have all these forgotten lands and we're slowly rediscovering them, then what does that say about our understanding of history and you know, what's left to discover? What do you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, that, it always brings me back to Antarctica because if there's anything that I want to figure out more is to go down there. And I heard 
One of my good friends actually has a show and his co-host was saying that he wishes everyone would stop with that and just go to Antarctica. He's like, you can totally go. It costs a little bit of money, but you can totally go. And I agree, you can, but who's to say what area you're actually going right. to and how far in you can go? Yes, I know you can go to Antarctica. That's uh, common knowledge, but you you also just can't go down there in your own boat and just explore. You just can't or do that. Plane. There's a treaty that says you can't fucking do that. And they all agree that's what they're going to stick to and guard it with military. So I think that would be the most interesting thing is to figure out what the fuck's down there. It is weird that they just discovered 7,000 new islands near Japan, though. That's a very heavily populated area, you know, so we're told. And boats, a huge, I mean, it's a huge shipping country. That's all they can do because they're a fucking island. So how the fuck do you not realize there's 7,000 little spots of land you never noticed before? And I know you see, it's a big when ocean. But... Moving, though, if our earth isn't round, if the earth, if the water is moving in a, in a certain way, it would, it could shift to show lands that were never seen before mm. that were maybe mm -hmm. previously underwater. Yeah. I guess you'd have I know to they're trying to the... say global warming, but I don't think that's a fucking thing. You'd Sorry. have to measure the, the drop in the ocean. You know, you know, they're always saying the oceans are either going to rise or whatever. I mean, if anything, the climate change narrative is that the oceans are rising all the time. And the Statue of Liberty has proven that wrong for the last uh, couple hundred years. So I, I don't know the, the, with water going down and creating new islands, that makes sense. But would is is there like massive beaches in Japan now because the water's gone down? Like that's probably all things somebody could check. Oh, that would make sense too. Yeah, the water levels dropping, and now these new islands are just emerging out of nowhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's been tons of earthquakes too recently. So if there are earthquakes where the ocean is, and if the fault lines are really a thing, if they're opening up and water is going in there, it would you know obviously. Diminish right. the amount of water that's there. I know, but if there's enough water draining up. or going wherever to there, you find 7,000 new islands, you'd think Japan would have just got a lot bigger because the, yeah, that's you know, true you know what I mean? Like, oh, Japan's actually 100,000 square miles bigger now because the water dropped. Have we heard that yet? That would be fascinating. Uh -huh. Fascinating. Yeah. Ben, are you knocking something around in that noggin over there or are you just tarting uh, it? No, a little bit. I, I know that you said the, uh, uh, species with amnesia and tying that into the Assassin's Creed game uh, is interesting. We've talked about it on the show a few times in the idea that they're, they're the ones that brought into a storyline the idea that you have uh, memories from your ancestors locked within your DNA. And uh, obviously we've talked about that with the idea of past lives and other things that people have experienced. Um, as well as reincarnation and other things. Um, and you've had weird stories of people that they had a stroke or they were in a coma and they woke up and they literally have new skills or new languages that they never learned before, right? Um, I don't... Personally, things like an artifact suddenly going on the beach, well, first of all, is it heavy? How did it get on the beach? Did it wash in? Um, if it washed in, my first question is the same thing that actually we were just talking about earlier today. We were watching the new uh, Black Panther movie nice, and talking about the underwater civilization, um, which they used as a form to uh, put in the movie from Aztec, Mayan, Ol Olmec legend. Right. Exactly. Yep. And uh, the idea that these people lived deep, deep, deep within 
the earth. And at one point uh, they have their submarine suits on and they're just falling down. And her and I were like, holy shit, fuck no. And I said, the idea of going down in a confined space with limited oxygen into just a black abyss, fuck no, right? I'm like, we still don't know what all the big creatures are that they've scanned on sonar at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Mm. We don't know jack shit about dick when it comes to the ocean. So if we have new species of marine life that we occasionally just find that we've never had before, Mike, it always comes into my head that when you take Graham Hancock's theory of an ancient apocalypse, it doubling the amount of time that a lot of people think our ancient civilizations are are from, how long that apocalypse lasted, exactly how it changed the face of the earth, the idea of velocity of Atlantis, and uh, I believe it was uh, Ben Corsetti, I think was his name, um, who follows the work of Graham Hancock and went on Joe Rogan was talking about this, uh, the Great Pyramids, where the idea of Atlantis might be, and he thinks it's in the Sahara. Um, because the Sahara, according to him, around that time would have been completely green. It would have been like the Amazon, right? Mm. And then you take in LIDAR and in ancient apocalypse, they're talking about finding like Quebec Tepe and all of these places in the Amazon forest. It's like, dude, lost civilizations? Fuck yes. And I think a lot of it has to do with that apocalypse um, because they're clearly here. They're clearly man-made at least from what we can tell. And so the idea is if they built those, but we don't know how, we don't know when, at some point there was a disconnect, whether it be from oral or written history, um, whether by force or by accident, how and why these things came about have just been wiped off the face of the earth, except for the remnants. Hmm. So part of what I always look at is I go, I'm not going to be surprised at all when things start coming out of, oh shit, we found this, it's clearly twice as old as anything that we thought we could find. And people throw out numbers, oh, 65 million years ago, this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, you have no fucking concept on how long that is at all. We talk about things a hundred years ago or even a thousand years ago back in the dark ages and it's like you have no fucking idea how long ago that is we watch shows like vikings which is between 800 and 900 a.d that's 11 1200 years ago that ain't shit as we know. Compared, compared to what yeah well exactly as we know for sure yeah yeah i can't trust history at all but yet at the same time we have these massive historical monuments and civilizations. Uh, one of the things that Ben Corsetti said with his guest when he went on Rogan's show was that they were looking at some of the artifacts and uh, obviously the um, not um, archaeology, mm -hmm. the board, I don't remember what they call it, the committee or whatever of the archaeological finds that kind of oversees it along with uh, what's the famous museum? Um, Smithsonian. Yes. Smithsonian and how they how they have just this idea that it can't be older than this. So therefore, you have to fit what they find into the narrative. They found um, a couple of things that were even stranger than just the, you know, the, the facade of the pyramid itself. The fact that they all point towards astrology, they all line up. And if you take when they could have been built 12,000 years ago and then you look at the Earth shift, it actually would have even lined up more perfect than we had thought. They were looking at some of these bricks and some of the artifacts that they found. They found a vase and it was so perfectly cylindrical 
that it was within 0.001 inches away from being a perfect circle. Here's the problem with that. Nobody by hand could do that. And the machines that we have today can't get that close. They said that is half of a hair follicle off from being a perfect circle. And they have this vase that they found from years and years ago. You talk about the construction of the pyramid. How did they get 50 or no, sorry, uh, like 500 ton bricks of solid granite suspended in the middle of the pyramid above the king's chamber? It's bad enough that we can't figure out how they got the limestone facade built. But then you have these things. It's like, I don't I, I, I'm more geared towards the idea that we are not a species that forgets. I think that we are of a species that was never supposed to find some of these things and we're not supposed to find out what it was and how they were built, whether it be a cataclysm. It's not, it's not a species with like amnesia. That. It's a species that's been lied to for so long yes. that we yes. forgot. Uh, the, the 65 million, uh, 300 billion years. Every time they throw out those numbers, it just sounds like, it sounds like somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. but to sound like they do. Right. I'm like, dude, I don't trust the last hundred years or two hundred years. I'm not trusting you on sixty-five million years ago. You whatever. <laughs> exactly. Something's up with your mic, Jen. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ugh. All right. You're There's a lot mind. of background noise, so I had to mute us. <laughs> Continue on. Okay, gotcha. Well, uh, I appreciate all that, Ben. And, you know, there's something uh, you brought up so many things. So let me go one at a time. First of all, have you guys ever seen the film Cloverfield? Years ago when it first came out, that was back remember. in what, like 2009 or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And it's very similar to like, um, what's that big dragon that attacks Japan? Uh, speaking of Japan. Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla, right? It comes from the ocean and it's like this huge monstrous alien looking thing and it comes out that of the was ocean one of those videos that was one of the movies that they made where it's supposed to be from like a first person yeah like a found right? footage yeah. yeah it's like some guy holding this camcorder and he's like holy shit holy shit holy shit the entire time you get like nausea looking at it but crazy movie because it goes back to that idea you know the ocean is full of mysteries and i mean that makes me think twice about someone like Ghislaine maxwell who is a prolific submarine uh pilot i don't know what you, what you right. would call it you know it's like exploring the underwaters she probably has access to antarctica through her submarine you know and uh <laughs> it makes it's like kind of kind of kind of odd um and i'll just throw this out here for antarctica's purpose um there are documents out there if, if you look for them just like the smithsonian has hit, has hidden um right massive skulls you can find them if you look for them uh but for antarctica you can find documents that talk about the harvesting of pineal glands of penguins, like in this secret facility down what? in Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was part of like a WikiLeaks dump or something like that. That's the and first it, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because, uh, I mean, like they're harvesting like adrenochrome, basically. Like it's kind of what it sounds like, but from penguins, from the pineal gland of a penguin. So Antarctica. Is that what they're protecting the penguins down there? That's why we can't go to Antarctica? Yeah. Penguins are magical. Happy Feet was a, a a big campaign for that, right? Or March of the mm -hmm. March of the Penguins, yeah. But the other thing too, crazy. for the Sahara Desert, I was watching Star Star Trek one time, and you know, obviously, it takes place thousands of decades, centuries into the future, and they have a scene back on Earth where there's basically, um, you know, a shot of the Sahara, 
but it's no longer called the Sahara Desert. Like, I don't know if this is because they were, um, you know, they were revitalizing the desert. I think it's called like terraforming, right? Like they were mm -hmm. able to make it green again. And mm -hmm. so it was a shot of like Egypt and the area in North Africa, but it was totally green, lush rainforest. And that's what I feel like, yeah, it used to be like that. Same with uh, California, probably. And, you know, that brings me to the remnants that you guys brought up. And I'm sure you've heard it before, especially um, I know we have a mutual friend, Matt, from the Great Deception podcast, loves talking about the World's Fairs. You guys ever see some of the structures from San Francisco that were erected for this World's Fair? And uh, I mean, because that is a great indicator of some kind of, um, ironically, some kind of great deception, right? This, uh, these massive structures, beautiful architecture. Right. seem to just come out of nowhere for this random purpose. What do you guys think about all that? Well, I think the mainstream counter narrative to that is hilarious because they're like, oh, it was mostly plaster of Paris and all this shit. Uh, but the sheer architecture of some of that stuff is beyond just plaster of Paris or, you know, quickly thrown up things because these things were up for several weeks, if not months, right? Maybe, maybe a year. I don't even know how long they were up, but they were up for a long time. And to put all that work into that vast of an area just to be like, Oh, it's all just cheaply made stuff. We're just going to burn it down or, you know, whatever when it's done. That doesn't make any sense to me, even if it was made of plaster of Paris, which I don't think, but now uh, I know I heard, uh, I think it was Howdy McCoskey was talking about that, about how he, there's an engineer that, you know, got laid out the plans for one of these world's fairs. And he's like, Hey, if I wanted this made, you know, how long would it take? He's like, uh, it would take me like two years for just the planning. Then another like four, four years or whatever after that to get all the materials and start building. And, uh, but yeah, but they threw these things up in six months back in the 1800s. It doesn't, nothing about that checks out to me. I know Ben loves this subject too. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, oh. something like in relation <laughs> to the World's Fair is like it, it it would make sense. I might believe it if it was just like one city like San Francisco, but it's like San Francisco, Chicago, Birmingham, Alabama, like it's all across the entire fucking country. And it's like, oh, they all burned down like, oh, it's whoops, <laughs> you know? Well, like the building that they made, uh, I think this was the one in Europe, um, the Castle of Glass, basically. Um so the problem that I have with that is I, I've gone back and forth with it with Lene on this one about the theory that they can't they could not have made some of these buildings in the time frame that they have. My mind has changed on that. Um, I do believe that they had the ability with hand tools to make these. But the, the thing that bothers me is that it's in the relative history time frame of finding out what tools they didn't have and why they're saying that certain things up and because it's them contradicting their own narrative. I, I think that they could make all these by hand in a particular time frame and much faster than we know of because they would all be used to it and seasoned at it because that's what they've always been working with. You can find videos today of, uh, I forget the name, the the guy and his son that they take the, uh, uh, the metal rods. Um, fuck. Uh, it's like a getting rocks and stuff out of the quarry. Anyway, they would go to like where these like sand uh, uh, limestone sand, or something like that. Dune? And okay, in like yeah. 30 days, they, in 30 days, they'll take just that pole and baskets and they will carve out in under the earth swimming pool with steps and symmetry 
and they time lapse it to where you can see them doing all of this oh, just okay. by hand. You know yeah, what I'm talking guys, about now? I think they're like from the Philippines or yeah, something. Yeah, I think they're from the Philippines. Yeah. And so you can watch these videos and I'm like, okay, so I could actually see where they might be able to do this by hand. That's fine. But the problem is, is that they contradict their own narrative in this because what they do is they'll bring up things like the Bosch drill not being introduced as a portable automated drill um, prior to, I think it was 1943. And so... The idea that they had hand drills and they had bench drills and all of these other things. I don't see when they're saying that you need these tools today to get a certain amount of work done in the time, but then they'll date these buildings by hand tools to be done way quicker than what they're saying it would take to do it today with all the technology. One of two things has to be true. Either one, they didn't build those in that time frame, or they had stuff to build it in that time frame that we don't know they had. And everything started changing. Joe said, you know, I love the subject and I do because you see massive shifts in very, very recent history. You know, I would say way after uh, Columbus came to the United States, I would say much after that, you have recent history of things that don't add up and major things that changed. The idea that flat earth was, stopped being taught in schools in 1890 but 1890 was also when they had the first world summit um you end up having constant wars right after that globally there's too many things that end up going awry you have the uh rockefeller institute around the same time all of these things all come right before the turn of the 20th century and when they made a consensus it was supposedly a billion people globally on the population and now 120 years later we have eight times that supposedly so you're telling me that for however many millions of years up until then we had a billion people or less globally and in 120 years we have eight times that and everybody says oh well you know uh advancements in technology and science and medicine and it's like that's fine but the people now are having less children and that's with all of those advancements. And I'm not saying that they did that. Obviously, a lot of us come from big families. And when getting as many kids as you could was the thing to do. And it's like, okay, none of this adds up, though, according to their own narrative. That's what bothers me. Whether or not any of it's true or not, it's the idea that the one that they claim to be true doesn't add up with what they claim to be true. And that's the problem that I end up having with uh, recent history and all of these things that we end up finding. That's my favorite thing is uh, taking apart the mainstream narrative with their own narrative. Yeah. Like taking apart NASA's math with their own math is just amazing. Yeah. Never a straight answer. And I want to throw out one more thing in regards to that question of how were they able to build this? And I'm curious if you guys have ever seen that Lord of the Rings spinoff, Rings of Power. Do you, I have you guys ever yet. watch it? Okay. I heard it was dog shit. So no, I didn't watch it. It's kind of dog shit, but. I enjoyed this particular part. It's not a spoiler, but like you guys know the dwarves. They're like the ancient stone masons. Right. They live in these these mountains and they revealed something really interesting. So I've I've heard this this theory that the pyramids and structures that were very geometrically precise could have been formed using vibration tech. And it, this is yeah. like making stones vibrate at a certain frequency. So the the dwarves in this TV show, they shape their mountain and their like inner cavern city by singing to them and they 
sing mm -hmm. to these stones and then they're they're able to like mold them and shape them in certain ways I, I was like whoa yeah what do you guys think about that I love that whole idea I'll, I'll let you go I'm gonna go check on my jerky real quick sorry oh <laughs> no I was gonna say uh when Ben was talking about the the vase that was a perfect circle I didn't want to interrupt but I the first thing that came to mind was a frequency for sure a hundred percent they could blast a frequency in there and create something that's perfect because sound is perfect. A human hand is not, even a machine is not because we're the ones programming mm -hmm. that machine, but that sound is just, it's itself and we can't mess with it. I mean, we can try, but it it's always going to come back to its true form. So I 100% think the, the pyramids and multiple other structures could have been formed. Even um, the world's fairs could have been constructed using frequencies of some sort and the cathedrals back in the day when they were talking mm -hmm. about the the cathode and whatever the bell was at the top was really something that conducted energy there are mm -hmm. so many ancient technologies that we don't know about or that we're kind of touching on now that i mean okay so to me it seems like a theory a, a fun theory to think about is that um we're all being guided in a certain way to forget about our past. So all of these wars, like what Ben was talking about, um, all of the all of the new technology that's formed is just a huge distraction so that we think that all of that is very important and all of the past stuff is is old and ancient and dumb and who cares? Or or you can think it's interesting, but take what the experts tell you it was used for and just believe that and not look into it further. Because when people look into it now, we're just labeled as conspiracy theorists and weirdos. They're not, you don't see the experts saying, hmm, maybe that is true. We have no idea. Let's look into it further. That's what any good scientist would do, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add on the frequency side? Because <laughs> I do, but you can go ahead. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I believe everything has its frequency, sound waves, vibrational, um, just powers, all of that um, healing abilities. That's why the whole um, idea of like, because of a movie we watched earlier, the siren song being able to essentially mind control and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, just, I feel that's like innately true. We've forgotten a lot of our knowledge and I, that's definitely purposeful uh, to control the masses, to do, you know, as you will. Yeah. Really quick, I, uh, since you brought up the siren song, um, and then Ben, I want to hear from you. But like the um, what's that H the HBO series called with like the AI robots, and they built like this wild West Westworld. Yes, there's this this tower that they construct that does the same thing. It transmits this frequency to this whole city, and everyone like all of a sudden is in lockstep together. It's crazy to think about that, but at the same time, on the flip side, I'm glad you brought that up, Linnea, because uh, frequency can be healing as well. So and it's just how it's going to be used. Yeah. What I was going to segue with is that they found a, uh, she actually sent me the, uh, the screenshot of it. It was a caption over a picture of an underground, um, basically like monastery, uh, where they had figured out that at a particular frequency, I think it was like 111 Hertz. It actually kills cancer cells. And the idea that they had echo chambers, um, which side tangent, it's so funny that, English, we talked about this, I think it was uh, last night or the night before, about how English has been changed so much from what other people originally meant it to be. But the idea that there's an echo chamber where 
because of the sound that you have, it sends a vibration. We've all seen really, really pimped out rides with just massive stereo systems and how it'll make people's hairs go like this and shit, right? Just vibrating. Well, the idea that you can dial in on a particular frequency and change what the actual metaphysical and physical effects are on the human body, as well as mentally and psychologically, that to me is way it's way more just on its face, concrete in a very ironic way, rather than all of the stuff that we've made today. Going to what Jen said about the vase and the pyramid, I won't agree. And that was actually something that got brought up later on listening to on Rogan was the idea that, yeah, maybe they did only have a, a, a pulley and a winch basically for these stone blocks. And using sound, they were able to move them. Or the idea that they actually had them stacked up on each other and using sound, they were able to vibrate them into place. Because if you've ever seen uh, like somebody do work, really fine woodworking, when they go to put a little like dowel in, they shake it into position so that it can set in there right. And the idea that you have these perfectly formed stones, all of which for the most part are cut at angles. So they would have to be put in there like a jigsaw puzzle. And they said that it's basically earthquake proof. So if you use sound and you go into these massive cathedrals that were, you know, Gothic era, Renaissance era, and you look at how much your voice carries, and then you think about at the same exact time around that era, according to what we're told, the Catholic Church from about 800 to 1250 just completely changed everything about religion, what was canonized in the Bible. And they have their Latin choirs that are constantly singing in church. And it's typically a very specific sound. If you hear a, a Catholic Latin choir, you can pretty much tell exactly what it is. And Sounds like a satanic what, ritual. <laughs> yeah. So what frequency are they sending out when they do that? And why is that a thing in Catholicism? So take all all of those kind of sound vibrations together. Yeah, I think that there was a shitload of stuff that they could do just by sonar and echo of being able to cure people. You take them into a monastery and you hum, you ohm, you sing, you do whatever, and suddenly their ailments are gone. And then they come back out and oh my God, it's a miracle. It's like, but then you, you bring this up today and it's like one of the least talked mm. about things, especially in science and medicine, as, as having any kind of effect on people. And to me, that is absolutely not only bizarre, but I think that they fucking know damn well what all these frequencies do, how to make them, how to manipulate them. And they're like, shh, because if the public knows, well, it's sound. They can do it themselves. We lose money. You know, big pharma yeah, doesn't get a, to give you a pill. There's a good reason why uh, the vast majority of us have never heard of cymatics before in our life. Until maybe a couple of years ago, I'd never heard that word in my life. And once it was explained and you see those YouTube videos of the vibration with the sand and certain hertz make those different, you know, sacred geometry patterns. It's like, how did we not learn about this in school? That seems like a great science fair project is to do cymatics, but you never hear about that. And it seems like there's probably a good reason why we don't know about that. But uh, like Ben was talking about certain frequencies to heal or move things. It's like the story of Jericho in the Bible when they're all walking around the city and God or whatever told them to, you know, do a certain thing, walk a certain amount of days, like in lockstep basically, and then blow their trumpets on the last day or however that went. That seems like a ridiculous story. They're like, Oh yeah. God knocked down the walls. 
Yeah, or all of those people in sync, in step did that because that's why when soldiers go across a, a bridge, they have to fall out of step because they have there's a danger of literally collapsing the bridge if they're that many soldiers are all in step on the bridge. You could literally just collapse the bridge. So it makes sense that, you know, if there's a certain amount of people walking around a city in step for so many days, yeah, it might just tumble that shit down. And it seems like a fantastic story until you learn about cymatics, which we don't learn about. So here we, we are. We don't learn about it and it's out there. That's what's kind of weird, too, is that these things are put out there. Frequency healing is out there, but it's not covered by your health insurance. You can bet that. So people know about it, but no one's no one's studying it on a level where they're going to put it out on CNN or whatever. And I'm not saying CNN is a great source of media um, or information. But normies but don't know about it. And that's the issue, I think. Right. Yeah. But it should it should be something that people are at least considering as something that would be healing. So I wonder if this is just, uh, it's kind of negative, but I wonder if we're just an experiment where this higher race is like, let's see what we can convince these people to do. Okay. These last people, they figured out the frequency thing. Let's, we'll leave all that crap there. And then we'll see if we can convince these people that that was nothing at all. And it seems like they've done a fantastic job so far. It sounds yeah. dark, Jen, but it also kind of reminds me of the idea of like a lab rat, you know, like you put this like maze yeah. in, in front of them. And it's like, let's see if they can figure it out. And this also, just to go back to biblical stories for a second, it kind of reminds me of the book of Job where it's like, let's see if he can make it through all this and still like maintain his humanity and his faith. And um, I'm so happy that you guys transitioned into this because I was going to ask you guys next, like, why would there be so much effort to hide all this stuff? Like, what's the point? Like, oh yeah, our history is different. Big, big deal. But it kind of points to this larger issue. And I hear Sam Tripoli talk about this a lot where it's like, if we have our true history hidden, then that will basically help humanity forget how special we truly are. And maybe it is our life's purpose to kind of help humanity rediscover um, our true special divine origins th things like that but as a, a more grounded example someone showed me this recently so this goes back to cymatics and energy healing frequency healing have you guys ever heard of dolphin birthing centers uh yeah that's fucking bizarre it's I, crazy. I don't i don't want to see it but yeah. all right so what it's not it's it's not dolphins giving birth this is where like yeah. a pregnant human uh, a pregnant human lady will go and have a dolphin assisted uh, dolphin assisted birth. And the <laughs> whole idea about this is like what the, the pregnant woman will be in the uh, water and the, the dolphins pick up on this naturally. Cause I think Ben, you may have brought up sonar earlier and I don't know if they call yeah. it sonar with dolphins, but like, it's the same idea. Like they can sense the vibe, the vibrations um, on a different level than uh, you know, humans can just like any animal has like a, a special sense to it so basically what i want to show you guys is like and i might not be able to to load it you guys can see my oh here we go okay dolphins know this like they innately have this instinct when a human is pregnant they want to swim around them in circles and sing to them and they want to eat that shit no just kidding well i mean they're probably horny too but like you know it's that's Fuck yeah the entire idea is like uh, they're picking up on the vibration of the fetus, perhaps, you know, the unborn baby. And then what's been heartbeat, what's yeah. been happening Yeah, the extra heartbeat is that apparently these ladies who go to these dolphin birthing centers, which are 
have been kind of canceled in the scientific, you know, medical establishment that their children are born with higher IQs and like above average intelligence, things like that. And it's something about this sonar vibration, the songs of these dolphins are enabling these children to be born with higher IQs. And that just that, astounds me. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, sonar is the uh, human version of the echolocation. And the idea that, you know, they always talked about, um, you know, the dad or the mom singing or reading all it is is vibration it doesn't matter how your ears work the follicles are taking vibrations and they're turning it into sound that your brain can understand after learning it now i i would argue with the whole higher iq thing because until years from now when that has actually been able to be confirmed at an adult level of uh maturation then that that's something that i would is super interesting but yeah, I could totally see why that would be a, the case with dolphins. Mm. And I could see why it would be canceled too. You know, it's like, that would be yeah. like, suppressed. Uh, yes, yeah, suppressed. Exactly. God, our media is trying to confuse us so much. So to go back, can you screen share again what you yeah, just yeah, yeah, for pulled sure. up? So I, uh, I don't know if not, this is the best article, but it's got a great visual here. Just not the, So not the article. Go back, hit back. To All right, there you go. So- I always look at headlines in news just to see what people are thinking when they click on these things or when they're scrolling. Mm -hmm. Look at this. What is a dolphin assisted birth? And it could be the best dot, dot, dot. Next article, dolphin assisted childbirth is a bad idea. Article next down from that is the truth about the dolphin assisted birth. So it's good, bad. And then here's the truth. And we're all confused. Which one do you click on? How right, do you find right. out what it is? And I, th and that's just kind of like a shallow thing to look at. But I just see these articles coming out now. And that's what people are clicking on. They're just oh, picking. It's not, they, it's not, not shallow at all. Like, yeah, you could do that with anything with like caffeine, yeah. with uh, steak. You know, it's like, is it good or is it bad? Or like you could type in caffeine is good for you. And right. then like it'll show you a bunch of that. You know, it's it's crazy. Like maybe we yeah. should ask chat going on GPT. WebMD. Yeah, <laughs> and the answer to which one you click on is none of them because that's the new fact checker method of I think they call it lateral reading, where you're literally reading as many headlines as you can and basically just taking a consensus from the headlines and being like, well, dolphin birth equals bad because there's more headlines that said it was bad. So I it's do retarded. that. That's how I read news, but only to judge the people who are only doing that. Yeah, we're doing to, it for just to be weird and complex, but <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. To look at it like, oh, my gosh, these people are reading it like this and thinking this is definitely the way it is instead of reading the whole article and then also seeing that it's a person who wrote that and that's their opinion. It's not really based on Speaking anything of else. the mainstream news. Uh, I know today's Sunday. Are you guys doing like your Sunday shit show, like reading the news articles? Is that still going to happen tonight? No, oh, planet retard. No, I don't know. Maybe we could. I don't know. We have some. Do you want me to send look you up some? Jake? If you do, I just please, please mention this Japanese ball and these these islands. I think more people should be looking at that for sure. So the Jap, I heard an interesting take actually on the Japanese ball thing. Um, there's apparently, and it, they said it was iron or steel or whatever, and it was hollow. There's, I think it was OBDM that covered this, but they they showed this this manufacturer of these shipping like uh, buoy pontoon like pontoon buoys or something like that, and there were these big massive ass steel balls that they use in shipping or on ships or something, which would make sense. But that's also I always gotta look at it both ways. That's always also an easy explanation for whatever the fuck this thing was. So I mean, there's both sides to it. Like you said, you can prove or disprove both sides. You just do enough Google searches and you can be like, oh, see, that's my opinion now. 
because I found what I wanted. That's all that's in the news right now, too. This would never, if they wanted to actually cover it up, it would be covered up. We know that. So they're putting it out there to make people think, ooh, is it from outer space? Oh, the the United States shot down a bunch of UFOs. But so a headline that I read that said, it said, uh, the United States has shot down three other unidentified flying objects over the country, but they probably aren't aliens. That's what it said. I was like, what the fuck? What? And so I read the whole article and all it was saying was that they were probably more spy balloons. Either way, they want people to read those headlines and think mm -hmm. UFOs are coming. And that's why I think that's the next PSYOP. And I don't think everything's a PSYOP. I'm not always looking for the next PSYOP, but it's just seeded in so much. Oh, this mysterious object washes up on Japan's shores and there's unidentified objects over the United States. There's going to be more and more and more of this. And then something weird will happen and it will be a, a control that's where I was going with thing. that is that the, the timing of the, the ball was interesting right after shooting down all these yeah. whatever party balloons, whatever objects they're fucking shooting $400,000 missiles at. Who knows? But it is interesting timing. I would, I'd be more intrigued to find out that these balls wash up all the time and we just don't hear about it because it wasn't in exactly. time ufos you yeah know? it could happen all people find the weirdest shit on the beach that was a weird thing but it just seemed like the timing like jen said was interesting right after all these supposed ufos are shut down COVID, and i'm, I'm not going to make this COVID heavy but where when people were dying of covid or people were in the hospital dying of a cold or whatever it was they went in and found every single individual person and told their story and that was major headline news mm. when that happens all the time it's happening right now people are dying of cancer they could make cancer a huge deal and tell every single person's right. liver cancer story and if that was in the news every day everyone would wonder if they had liver cancer so and then they, everyone probably would because it's in their mind and they're creating it <laughs> so now people are going to be thinking of aliens having aliens on their mind but yeah. it could happen the time and we're just not aware of it so in a similar yeah. way someone brought this up to me recently that we have all these train accidents and manufacturing plants mm -hmm. that are blowing up and someone who i don't consider to be a normie but they're healthily skeptical they're like oh happens every day you just never hear about it but now yeah. that we have this big one in palestine you're going to be hearing about it every day just to amplify the overall issue i'm like i don't, I don't know if that's true but it's kind of well, weird and yeah I think part of it is, and we've talked about this before, when the media corporations have an obligation to comment on something that has basically spread like wildfire to the point that if they don't, it's going to ironically question their credibility more. Um, so what they do is they take, as long as nobody really knows about something, they won't comment on it unless they need it for an agenda. However, at some point, the human story is word of mouth and now with social media, things do get shared. And so at some point they go, fuck, we got to at least make a segment on this. And then that's why you end up seeing that coverage on the news. It's not because it doesn't happen all the time. It's because they at least need to comment on it so that, well, we, we covered it, but really it's happening all the time. You just don't hear about the rest of them. But when something does blow up big enough that they would be assholes to not comment on it, that's when they decide to comment on it. Or they blow something up that isn't a big deal because it fits an agenda or a push or a misdirection that they want. Uh, Jen, I know you brought up the uh, uh, the idea of like basically seeding the information for this idea of aliens coming. You know, probably not aliens. Like, what kind of fucking credible news source says it's probably not aliens? First of all, two. They mentioned that uh, Aaron mentioned that on a recent MU where he was like, guys, 
you are not seeing what they're covering up with all of this coverage about the balloons, which now I believe there is a total of eight that have been shot down. So the idea that they're blowing this up, look over here, look over here. Mm -hmm. Joe used to uh, be a magician. And uh, what he always said is misdirection is everything when you're pulling off a magic trick. And the best ones, the best ones are ones that don't talk because it's easy to talk using, it's easy to misdirect somebody while you're speaking, but it's harder if you're silent and you're still capable of performing a misdirection with nothing more than your motor skills. So every time that you see all of the news organizations opening up their filthy sewers about the same fucking topic, you have to know that they are not wanting you to look at something else, plain and simple. The idea that they're thought seeding us for a possibility of a future project Bluebeam, like, I don't know how that's not in somebody's mind because they only push narratives that are out of the norm and not readily accepted when they want it to be readily accepted because of something that they know is coming in the future. It, well, and you never know how how many layers deep the reverse psychology goes either. We talk about right. the the double reverse, and you know, are they seeding this these things out there so that we see it and go, oh, that's a psyop for something? But it could just be that they're putting it out there so we think it's a psyop and not pay attention to it. Like, how many you could go back right. and forth on that all fucking day. So it it really just comes down to what what you're seeing in your own, you know your own local area are you are you yeah. seeing these fucking balloons or not then don't fucking worry about it who cares they sitting down every single day for the last 60 years and we just now started hearing about it and everyone's like oh my god they're shooting down these things so who knows you just have to not give your energy to it just hope for the best right expect the worst and plan for it and be ready and that's it that's oh. all you can do speaking of that uh earlier today as i was preparing for this awesome chat which uh you guys are great, and I really hope we can do more more podcasts together. But I was listening to you guys interview Buffalo and Legs of False Reality Check about chicken mm -hmm. shit and all the good chicken shit talk you could have. And you know, this kind of goes into what no Jen shit was just chicken saying. exactly. <laughs> Cue up that. Yeah, there we go. See, saw, saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what we're uh, what what we're getting at here is like you know, I mean, yeah, all this is exciting. I mean, even the fact that the ufo remains over montana i think were never recovered allegedly it was like oh they just gave up like yeah oh, we, we can't find it whatever and then it goes back to you it's like all right well like, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do about it and i appreciate the fact that you guys and false reality check were chatting about homesteading and you know getting your stuff together um survive the long winter if you want to call it that you know like things of that of that nature interest me and it's funny now that because you guys have chickens, you're now you've now got your finger on the pulse of the of the current thing in many in many different regards. Uh, not only with eggs, but with the chickens themselves. Like, wasn't there one point where the chickens just weren't laying eggs at all? That that was like a pretty common thing. And has that ever happened to you guys, or did it just? Kinda... Oh, it does, but it happens every fucking it happens winter. Every year. Every so winter. It, it was weird how long it was and how many people were noticing it, but maybe it was just seated out there for people to be like, oh my God, my chickens aren't laying. And they didn't realize it's winter and they don't really lay during the winter. Ours didn't lay this year for an 
oddly long amount of time but it was also shitty weather and they don't like it when it's cold so they just don't crank eggs out so i don't know it, ours didn't lay from like the end or like october-ish until just a couple weeks ago they started laying again but they're also laying now in the coldest it's been all year so i don't i and don't understand only two years old so we've only had two winters of these chickens not laying and the first winter was almost exactly a year from when they started laying the first time. And that's their molt time. That just, that's, that's our situation. But typically chickens do stop laying in the winter and it's no big deal. And this whole year or 2022, I should say, was atypically warm until about October, November. So they were cranking them out until October, November. And then they were like, oh, damn, it's cold. I'm stopping. Slow down, yeah. Normally they stop around or the year prior, I should say, not normally. The only other year that they stopped was December. So, yeah, they stopped October, November, but it was much colder. So I, I just don't think that's weird. And then when all of the weird tractor supply feed is poisoned and it's poisoning your chickens, that's all we feed our chickens besides scraps and stuff. And we supplement it. It's one bag a month. Mm -hmm. And they all started laying. Yeah. When the snow started dumping down that's when all of our chickens started laying so right and i don't no doubt that tractor supply feed and everything you can buy at stores is tainted in some way i guarantee it is but we've never had a problem with it before and if they are tainting it just just to kind of go along with the egg shortage narrative and freak people out about their chickens okay don't feed them the feed if you don't want to if you don't want to they'll probably be better off if you just let them eat bugs and dog shit and whatever else they eat that's <laughs> fine like you don't have to feed them that they'll live. They might not produce enough or more eggs, but they will well, live and chickens, produce eggs. Chickens so. are free range. We just use that as a supplement. And I just chose to not feed any energy into that narrative at all. Right. I was like, right. here, I'm still going to buy. I'm, we had a bag of tractor supply feed when that all came out. And I was like, don't fucking care. I'm not yep. even listening to that. <laughs> and our chickens started laying eggs a couple of weeks after that when people were still flipping out about egg prices. And I was like, hey, we could make a shitload of money off our chickens that just started laying eggs just now. <laughs> yeah. Because nice. people are paying nine bucks a carton and we we just give our eggs away. So if anyone wants some eggs. Well, in a little bit. We're not quite stocked up right now. Yeah, you gotta wait till your supply but catches up a bit. Two yeah. of our chickens died too. We had some oh, animal no. destroy two of our chickens. We were getting five a day. Now it's three, but still, we don't eat three eggs a day. So except for today, <laughs> it's a little different. A little different today. Well, I want to ask you guys because I know the four of you all live near each other, and that's kind of cool because you know you got your uh, family pretty close to you. And have you ever sat down and just chatted like, hey, guys, like, what is our plan if shit hits the fan? Like, have you guys ever like flesh flesh that all out? Like, what is your escape plan? <laughs> I'll let Ben take yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny that you mentioned that, too, because those kinds of conversations is exactly why we started the podcast. We were having those conversations hours on end long before the podcast started. And uh, whether it be recorded or not, most of the time it's not like we talk about this type of shit all the time. So the idea of having a bug out bag, a plan, uh, you know, if excrement hits the proverbial spinning blades, um, it's one of those, what exactly are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do this, that, and the other. And it's, it's terrifying. Um, and at the same time, it's like, I mean, people, people have talked about it recently. It just the main thing, of how to survive farmers when it became available the only thing they wanted their kids to do was learn writing and figuring 
And uh, it was the idea of being able to process at a higher rate what you were doing on the farm, but you didn't need more than that because we were coming out of an age of illiteracy when the only people who knew how to read were the clergy and subsequently the people that made the laws. Um, and, you know, people were ignorant and not by their own choice. Now we live in an age where we know everything except for how to survive without the everything. And so I look at it and I'm like, oh, fuck, I know she's going to be wearing the pants if uh, shit hits the fan because I don't know shit how to survive. I know a little bit, not much so. The only thing I'd be able to do is protect us. And I know how to do that pretty well. And I'm looking for an excuse to kill humans. Uh, so <laughs> in the idea that this happens, um, I, I'll have that shit on lockdown. Uh, my first part of the bug out bag that I plan on getting is level three armor, um, as well as all of the Kevlar vest and plates and stock up on ammo and quite possibly look into getting a mini gun. Or a grenade launcher. What kind of shit, shit hitting one. the thing are you talking about, though, Jake? Do you mean if food goes away or do you mean if there's a zombie apocalypse? There's so many types I think of the zombie yeah, one's kind of fun because that's like zombie is like the pinnacle because it's like not only is like the world going crazy, but it's like there is like immediate danger all around you and anyone can be all of a sudden just turned over to the dark side. So I don't know. I mean, that's like what my family law. and I talk about, like zombie apocalypse. We were big fans of walking dead so that's what we always planned for yeah. yeah well to be fair i don't actually think shit will ever hit the fan the way that we we expect it to or the way that we're uh forced to expect it to through shows and movies i think that's just wildly exaggerated mm -hmm. but i mean it could hit on a way less level that makes it very inconvenient for our snowflake asses to exist you know like eggs are expensive or whatever or it might be worse than that yeah, or like uh, vinyl oxide. Now your water's fucked and you're probably going to have three nipples in like two years. You know? <laughs> but I already have a plan for our backyard. Like I already know I, I would get the kids over the fence. We jump the fence. There's a tunnel. There's like a little. Uh, we do have a bug out back. Water. <laughs> there's a water tunnel kind of in this alley nice. behind okay. our house. And I'm like, I think the kids would at least fit through there. I might fit through there too. I don't know where it goes, but I'm willing to find out in an emergency situation. I would also pile us all into my suv and head east because that's towards the mountains mm -hmm. i've thought about this so many times about the world ending or a tsunami kind of fun right <laughs> I think worst case scenario like emp i'm not afraid of it emp just... would be nuts you guys oh my god i can't I'm even not taking begin. off in a car in the case of an emp or if it's actual pandemonium where are you going to drive across the fields probably yes but... you, would. you wouldn't joe i've told i've talked to Joe about this so many times and he's tired and then he goes, walking anyway. He goes, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, what are you gonna do? Just sit there? And he's like, yeah. So There's Joe would just sit there and die, which is totally fine uh, to yeah. each their own. You can go off and <laughs> Jake would try to survive. Yeah, but I'm at least gonna try. I'm gonna Damn. try too. I'm gonna make a fortress out of my house, like from the like, comfort of his own home. Yeah. Board up the fucking walls. <laughs> I got emergency food and guns. I'll board myself up and be like, all right, I'm gonna wade this out for a little bit. That's cool. You can do that. I see uh, wisdom to to both sides, and I would definitely, you know, be a bit more bearish. Like I would want to like barricade myself in and like just try to ride it out. Because I guess if the shit ever does hit the fan, it's only going to last for a certain amount of time before you know something new comes about. And I guess um, the last thing I want to do is get caught on the road. But that's just me personally. I mean, uh, I think it's very exciting though, and uh, you know. I hope your chickens are doing fantastic. I'm sorry that you lost two of them recently, but I appreciate that you guys are doing this at all in the first place because it sets a positive example for everyone else listening that they don't have to feel powerless or disempowered 
or to freak out because eggs are expensive all of a sudden, you know, it's just, you got to take power back into your own hands and focus your energy on what you can do. And, um, at the same time, you know, going back to the earlier portion of our conversation now, I'm excited to go back into Graham, Graham Hancock's work and kind of look at this a little differently and think about like, well, there is a lot of deliberate covering up of, of history and the idea that we can remember how special we are is uh, exciting to me. And all of this wraps up in no particular way, but I do want to ask you guys, um, what final message uh, would you like to leave with our fantastic, lovely, beautiful, very, very sexy looking audience tonight? What, what do you want to say to them? We have a, a lot of different topics that we went over tonight. There's probably uh, no way I could title this episode with anything reasonably uh you know it's just all over which is my favorite and i'm just curious how would you guys like to end things what kind of message would you like to leave with everyone today oh shit well if i'm talking to our listeners and your listeners that's uh they already know this but uh stop getting so goddamn offended about everything this goes for the 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 wider worlds just stop just fucking be not be cool it'd be chill take a joke Laugh a little bit. It's fine. Use your fucking turn signals. That's usually my advice. <laughs> Until shit hits the fan, but till then, use your fucking turn signals. Yeah, and to, to piggyback off that, don't be afraid of making mistakes. Be a fuck up and be okay with it and learn from it. It's totally fine, and that's the truest and freest way to be. Don't be afraid. Love it. Love it. Ben and Lene, what do you guys think? How are we going to close it out today? <laughs> I don't know. I need a little quip. It's like a high school yearbook. I don't know. I came. Be I saw. Weird. Stay weird. Be kind. Stop freaking out. The world will always continue. Mm. Humans are very quick to adapt. So uh, it's all going to be okay. She speaks the true, true. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Accept reality for what it is and move on. Amen. <laughs> um, If I had one thing that I wish people would do is stop worrying about what other people are doing. Do do you boo boo and take fucking accountability for your shit. We have lost the um the awesome superpower of taking responsibility for our own actions and instead worry about what other people do. Um and the only piece of advice I have is for the love of God, do a lot of psychedelics. <laughs> This is not financial advice. This is not medical advice, but it's fucking grow on yourself, man. <laughs> Just if shit gets too weird, get weirder. Golden rule. Treat Out weird the weird. It's not advice. It's a suggestion. Just, yeah. Just a suggestion. <laughs> nothing. It, it, nothing can out weird you if you're weird first. Just do it. Exactly. Own that shit ahead of time, and then you'll just be fine. Own it. Own it. Well, I have a request. Um, we have a soundboard with us. We haven't used it very much tonight. So let's uh, leave everyone with uh, a nice medley of uh, vibrations. What do you say, Joe? What are we going to do? Vibrations. What do you mean by vibrations? Okay, Whatever well, comes to mind. Just hit those those buttons and be as weird as you want. All right. Uh, the faggot. Oh, that was the wrong button. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, not that one. You weird homosexuals. Do that. Hey, buddy. I'm here to eat elk and listen to Legit Bat Podcast. Oh, I already played that one. Here's the other one. Welcome to Legit Bat Podcast. This is Joe Rogan, and I'll be guest hosting on today's episode. Boner. Good guess. Right. This is Donald Trump, the 45th president of the greatest country in the world. And if you don't listen to Legit Bat Podcast, then fuck you. Hard, hot, and throbbing. Boner. All right. 
I think that'll do it. Love <laughs> it. All right. Appreciate you guys very much. I uh, hope you have an awesome night and I'm looking forward to chatting again soon. You bet. Adios. Thank you.